With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Hey guys, this is my leak. This is the My Taught You podcast. And a little bit ago, I wrote about the silent treatment on my Instagram and on my Twitter. And today we're going to talk with my good therapist friend, Jorel Carabello, a Southern bred New York City made mental health professional who brings an affordable and comfortable approach to to his work with clients. He's the co-creator of Viva Wellness, and he believes that true wellness is about taking care of the person as a whole. Um, Viva Wellness provides mental health counseling, therapy, coaching, and holistic health services to help you meet your goals and become the idealized version of yourself. Um, After reading a ton of comments on my Instagram regarding the silent treatment, I decided to give Jarrell a call to discuss the silent treatment because I realized in my very vague post based on what I'm currently experiencing from a family member that I too have deployed the silent treatment as a way to protect myself during my pregnancy. Um, Once I realized that my post felt a little irresponsible, so I decided to do this podcast to talk about the complexities of the silent treatment with a professional. Um, My post is still up because I feel how I feel, um, but this was such an interesting topic and I wanted to discuss it. Um, Today we're going to talk about what the silent treatment is, how it's harmful, what to do if you're on the side of giving the silent treatment, how to handle being given the silent treatment. Um, we have a few listener questions, and then there's a special treat from Jarrell for my listeners that we'll tell you about at the end of this podcast. So, Jarrell, welcome back again. Thank Hello, you. <laughs> thank you. Yes, yes, thank you for coming back. So I called Jarrell like, okay, you have to help me with this. Um, <laughs> and I feel like we've talked about this in the past uh, about like mm. relationships and ghosting, right? Because that, yes. that is also a form of it. But yeah. if you, we're just going to go, I think like very elementary at first. What sure. is, what is the silent treatment? If you can even like sum it up. Yeah, um, I guess I think of it as, you know, a intentional withholding of communication, Mm -hmm. right? And typically it happens after there's been some sort of, uh, what I would say is like an emotional injury or a rupture, right? Someone's done something that you don't feel so happy about, or, you know, we don't feel so happy about. And so Mm -hmm. then we sort of cut off all contact, and mm-hmm. so, and I think that that's a, an important part of it is like, I only see it as, and we'll get into more of this later with like, you know, boundaries and stuff. I only see it as silent treatment when you're really just like cutting off all contact. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that that is one way in which people sort of deal with difficult situations. Right. Okay. Yeah. So why do people use it? And so what was interesting, my cousin wrote me and we were just kind of talking about it from just like a family standpoint. And mm-hmm. he, he had a really good question about sort of like, you know, we want to talk about why people use it, but he wondered if you 
know like is if you know about any sort of like historical like where did this come Ooh. from you know is there any cultural like I feel like a lot uh, culturally I mean I'm sure everybody uses it but it, it seemed to like really hit home uh, in our community so yeah do you know about anything like that you know if not we can just say why yeah. people use it no, I, I don't, but I do think you bring up, a, I don't know about the historical context of it, but I think right, do right. think you bring up a good point in that you, at least in my experiences so far, it's like there are different ways in which sort of different cultures or communities communicate. Yes. Um, and, you know, we've, I think even just talking about like mental health stigma, right? We mm -hmm. talk about like communities of color, black communities, like there's this, you know, air of silence um about that and so i think that this is one of the ways that you know culturally and historically that black folks have learned to cope in general right okay. if you right if, even if you just think about it obviously mm -hmm. i'm not an expert on history but even if you just think about it from um an american slavery perspective right okay. you're every being every part of your existence was controlled even your language Right. Mm. So then thinking about like if you are if you have a problem with something, you didn't dare share that out loud, especially within earshot of people who were in positions of power, because then that could lead to violence, that could lead to death, that could lead to all sorts of kind of abuse. Right. And so I think that there's something to be said for the idea of this might be this historically kind of ingrained um I guess, what's the word? Um, historically ingrained behavior that has been adaptive okay. for us mm -hmm. in some sure. ways. I don't know. Right. I guess and then maybe the other side of it is like, sometimes when we feel like we have no control over anything, mm -hmm. this is the one thing that we can control, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like I can control the fact that I'm not speaking to you. So um, why do people use the silent treatment? That's a good question. I think <laughs> I think there are a lot of different reasons. I think the most right. common one, okay. the most, most common few that I sort of come across is that one, it is, it is a punitive action. So it's meant right. to punish the other person who you know wants your attention, right? Mm -hmm. they've, right. <laughs> they've done something that you're not happy about and you say like, nope, we are done. And you walk mm -hmm. away. Um, right. So I think that's one of the most popular reasons. I think, and this, and they they're not mutually exclusive. So I also want to say that I think uh, another reason is that people feel can feel overwhelmed in the moment with emotion. Yes. Right. And so you're so angry, you're so hurt, you're so whatever the feeling is that you just say like, okay, I just need to shut this down. Otherwise, it's going to be really, yeah. really bad. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, yeah, I've been, I'm not more of like a, I think pre-therapy, mm -hmm. I was, I was on the punitive side of it because I simply was just repeating what I knew, right? Yeah. It's like, I had experienced that. I knew how it made me feel and yeah. I wanted to make other, other people feel that way. Sure. And then after I kind of have been through therapy and I learned to use my words, I don't do that anymore. Or mm -hmm. I thought I didn't. Mm -hmm. Right. And then when you and I started talking or even just when people started to write me and say, well, you know, I've used the silent treatment. And then I'm like, well, maybe that's not the silent treatment. You know, maybe mm -hmm. that's just something else. That's boundaries. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I have been in situations where I have been so upset. I have been so hurt. Um, but, you know, 
the crazy thing is, Jarrell, even in that pain and in that hurt, I could not um, articulate what exactly yeah. was wrong with me, right? Like, yeah. I finally, it was so crazy. Just um, during my pregnancy, I just, I don't know. I think the pregnancy sort of, like, brought some things to the surface that I didn't realize were down so low. You know, I thought, Mm. oh, I've been in therapy. I'm doing fine. And then all of a sudden I got pregnant and the further along I went, I thought about, you know, I thought about becoming a parent and then it just Mm -hmm. kind of like it really sort of like messed me up in terms of like how I felt about maybe my own parents. And then it just was like, I got mad, but I couldn't figure out exactly what the hell I was mad about, you know, (laughs) but, but I was mad. Um, and, definitely did employ the silent treatment for you know a lot of my pregnancy because I really wanted to create a space of like peace and calm yeah and I knew that I knew that not having the words um would cause an argument and just more drama that I just didn't want to experience in my pregnancy because I'm like I can't really tell you exactly why which then you know when you you feel like when you can't when some people are professional fighters and arguers, you know, you're like, (laughs) you're like, I'm not even, I can't touch this, you know, until I, until I have the words. And so that was that thing of like, I did feel overwhelmed with emotion. And I think some people may, um, and, and I feel for people who, who can never find the words, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's like a delay on words, but I feel like some people, they just can't find the words. And so that made me sad. And that made me want to talk to you for those people who, who have essentially just been shut down. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, let me also say this, you know, I've definitely employed the silent treatment in various periods throughout my life, sometimes Mm -hmm. on a small scale, sometimes on a bigger scale, (laughs) like we've all been there. So I don't come to this conversation saying like, Oh, like no one should ever do this. And like, shame on you. I'm not saying that it's a, it's a part of our experience as people. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there've been times where I was so upset that I thought if any word leaked out of my mouth, I would just be prompted to set someone on fire. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I need to not do this. I need to take a little bit of time. I need to get myself right. together and then potentially come back. Um, right. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think that, I, I don't know. I think it's, there are people who don't feel like they have the words. And, mm-hmm. and I think in those instances, what that, it's not a character flaw. It's not a fault. I think, okay. I do think that that is a really good opportunity to say like, all right, I don't have the skills to navigate conflict mm. and I need someone to help yes. me like have the skills to navigate conflict, to communicate and be able to like de-intensify whatever the emotion is enough so that I can speak my truth because that's really important. And and so when I think about the people and, you know, I've worked with people who've been in that position where they say, like, I just don't know what to say. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we start from a really foundational level about, like, identifying the feelings and then trying to model the word, the actual words or phrases that, like, could be helpful in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. And what's so crazy is that if I think from like a timing, a time setup of like my sort of just not speaking, I don't even think it's the silent treatment. It's just Mm. like, it's been eight months and I just came up, I just figured out what it was. And it was, it was more of a thing of like, you know, it wasn't like speaking in the relationship is not, not that it's not a priority, but it's just like, you know what, 
it was just on the back burner. Like I have yeah. other things going on. I, I need to take care of myself mm-hmm. to have a child. I need to take care of my child. And then maybe I can deal with trying to figure out, you know, why this is a thing, but something, you know, you sent me over some notes and topics and you said that sometimes people, I want to talk about the people who, who use it from a punitive uh, perspective, mm-hmm. you know, when you were saying that they may be immature and can't handle the rejection or emotional injury they think you caused them. Yeah. You know, can we talk about that a little bit? Because I feel like that is more of what people have been experiencing mm-hmm. um, is that, you know, not really realizing, you know, that the person that's employing this just is lacks maturity and can't handle rejection, you know? Yeah. I, I think, you know, I say that because um, I, I think there is some, in the moment when, you know, uh, emotional sort of like pain occurs from some, you believe someone else caused that, right? You, they did something to you. Um, that sort of stance of employing the silent treatment um, is, is really an under, underdeveloped um, emotional response. Again, you don't have the skills to say like, you hurt me, you need to stop. Or... Um, or like, it's not okay what you did. And so sometimes instead of saying those things, um, because, you know, this person lacks the, the skill or, or the awareness even internally of their emotional response, then it comes out in this passive aggressive way of like, I'm not going to talk to you. And like, I'm just not going to answer your calls. I'm going to run away. I'm going to escape. Right. And then like, you're going to have to deal with that because that's going to hurt mm-hmm. you. And like, that's what you deserve right now. Um, and so right. it's a way, so I think it's, it's immature and I guess like, and not in the like colloquial way we use it, but in the emotional way to say like, to mm-hmm. say you hurt me. So I'm now going to hurt you. Like that's revenge. That's right. not justice. And so, you know, mm-hmm. if you really want justice, then it's about trying to restore, um, come back or come back from the pain and have someone make amends for that and then fix that problem. But you can't do that if you're giving someone the silent treatment um, as a way to punish them. Right. And so I don't know, I'm yeah. getting all over the place. Cause every time you say something, sure. I get a thought <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like sometimes there, there are some of us in our lives who we, there's a certain maybe family member that we are, that it's mm-hmm. constantly going back and forth and back and forth. You know what I mean? So it's like, yes. you know, you do this. I mean, I've done this island treatment, like, I mean, or I've had it be deployed on me mm-hmm. and then I'm the kind of person. So this is my personality and I've been in therapy for a long time, but there are some mm-hmm. parts of me that I'm still, God is still working on me. And, <laughs> and my attitude drill is like this because I've had, because I've experienced it for so long, you know, as a young kid growing up or as much as you can deal, Mm -hmm. handle when somebody does it to me, even if it's like for a day or Mm -hmm. two or like a week, I will, I will top your ass. Okay. Yeah. I will top you. It's like, (laughs) if you don't, if you're trying to play this game and I was, I got so mad. It's like, if you, it's like, okay, I call you, you don't answer the phone. I text you, you don't respond. So it's like, okay, now the pattern, our pattern is now thrown mm-hmm. off. So I I'm picking up that something's wrong, but mm-hmm. I don't know what is wrong with you. Mm-hmm. So I call you, you don't pick up. 
I call you, you don't pick up. So a week goes by, two weeks go by. And now I've done, I've exhausted everything. Yeah. Now when you try me back, mm-hmm. though, like it's yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's it's like I, I get so mad at people who use that tactic that yeah. then I now I, I just won five, ten up it. Right. And so it's like I don't even know how to stop doing that because I really want to show that person, oh, you think you can hurt me? Yeah. Watch me extend this indefinitely. Right. <laughs> Right. Like you don't you know, know what fight you signed up for. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because I got strength. I got like yes. stamina. I got endurance. Yes. So you better be and ready. See, yeah. And that's how I feel. And I know I shouldn't feel this way, but I, I promise you, I do feel like I have endurance. I, I Nobody yeah. can do this better than me. Right. I shouldn't even, I shouldn't even be proud of that. <laughs> But I can do it. Right. You know, that's real. That's real. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. And and I guess we can maybe talk about that later. But I guess I want to talk about how this can be harmful. You know, how is the silent treatment harmful? We know it hurts. Sometimes we know it hurts when we're on the receiving end. And sometimes we know we're hurting the person, you know? Yeah. So how is this harmful to us? Because I've read all of these different articles about like, this is abusive. Yeah. Well, and I think to just as a jumping off point, you know, we've talked Mm -hmm. about especially socially now, like ghosting, right? So if you just think about that in this this specific context of dating, like if you are, you know, if you're talking with someone and then they ghost you, like you know how bad that feels, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And, or a lot of people know how that feels. And so if you think about that, just that sort of, of, I guess, relatively small experience, we will say. And then you think about it in the context of a different relationship, one that's been more established, one that has a lot more history, that has a lot of other stuff attached to it. Um, mm-hmm. Then, especially if this is a pattern that, like, let's say I'm the one who's employing the silent treatment, right? Then if this is a pattern of mine, uh, for whatever reason, um, then the negative effects of that are profound, right? Because then you, you're disrupting the relationship, right? So mm-hmm. then you're just right. practically not investing in the same amount because there's no contact. So which can then build resentment between people. Um, there's, I think there's even some research that says it decreases self-esteem in the person who's on the receiving end. Mm-hmm. So they start to feel worthless, like they're yep. insignificant, which yep. is kind of the goal, right? That's if you're exactly, right? yeah, so it's I, like you're, yeah. Meeting, you're meeting the goal, but it's like yeah. bad. Yeah. I know. I have this awful saying that I'm like, I will, and, and this is just because of, I know my experience. It's like, I will ignore you to the point of you questioning your own existence. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And that's, so so that's what it does. So it does make people feel that way. And, um, and what I found really interesting is that I was reading about this a few days ago. Um, There's even some research that it can cause physical pain. Yes. And the person's on the receiving end. Right. Mm -hmm. So you think about like, when you're talking about something that's really emotionally trying for you, um, you know, sometimes I see when I'm talking with clients, like they might, you know, you kind of intuitively like hug yourself or you put your hand on your stomach or something. It's mm-hmm. probably because you feel a pain there. And so I don't think people realize that it, you know, you can be causing emotional pain, right? 
Um, you can be building resentment, but you also may be helping foster this like pain response um, in this other person. And I think there was something I also read that was like, you know, it causes autoimmune issues. Um, mm. So particularly, and I think this is probably, and I'm sort of reaching here, but probably more um, relevant to like longstanding patterns of, mm-hmm. you know, the silent treatment and abuse that it would affect these sort of things. But I think even, yeah. even on a situational basis, it's like you're actively causing pain to someone. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so again, it, you have it leaves the initiator without effective problem solving or conflict resolution skills. Thus, yep. I feel like it continues. I feel like if there's somebody yes. you're constantly doing this around and around and around and around, um, and in a lot, and in some instances, it just ends relationships altogether. Which, as you were talking about ghosting, I feel like mm-hmm. um, some of my experience with you know talking to my listeners with ghosting is that the person who did the ghosting doesn't tell them why they're not speaking to them anymore and a yeah. lot of re- what they do is they leave that person person questioning themselves yeah. what I, something when we went to the mall that day you know mm-hmm. when the truth is a lot of times these guys and this is just me being real they ghosted you because they're married mm-hmm. they ghosted you because they you know they lie they don't really have jobs and they they come into your lives but these are just these psycho narcissists mm-hmm. you know they come into your lives and they get you all I don't know there are a group of these guys that want to get you all like riled up and excited about yeah. them and then dip because yeah. they know they know that they can't be the guy that they sold you right on. but they but they want to get the things that they want to get and then leave so they, yes. they get your emotional labor your support your interest yeah yeah mm-hmm. so um I because I I know I really want to I, I feel like we could talk about this all day but I really want to get to the questions yeah. what can you do if you employ the silent treatment? So I think it's, if you, if someone's listening, if you're listening now and you recognize like, Oh, I think this is something that I'm doing. Um, I think the best thing that you can do for yourself is use this as an opportunity to investigate, um, Mm -hmm. you know, like what you gain from behaving in this way. And Mm. people see this in, in like a, whenever I say this to clients I'm working with, I'm like, well, so what did you gain? People are like, well, I didn't gain anything. It was terrible. I'm like, no, 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 no. You always gain something. It doesn't have to seem rational or like realistic or practical, practical, but you always gain something. Otherwise, the behavior would stop. Mm. So, you know, for a lot of people who are employing the silent treatment, it might be about um, gaining a sense of control, a sense of powerfulness. It okay. might be, it might just be about regulating emotion in that moment. So I think okay. investigating you know, what you're gaining and starting that process, I think is really important. And then exploring, you know, if it, how it might be hurting others or what the impact might be on your relationship. So just taking, I don't know, taking stock of like the dating relationships, family relationships, friend relationships, and say like, hmm, where, what happened with this person? Like that I'm not talking to anymore, or, you know, what was that part of me doing the silent treatment um how did it impact them what was the what was the falling out like or was there a falling out and just like looking at all of that trying to do that without judgment just to sort of like you're gathering information so i'm not saying that you need to shame yourself or you need to look at yourself say like oh my god i never should have done that or 
you know, I think it's more effective to say, all right, I need to gather all this data and let me look at it. Let me make sense of it. Right. Yeah. Okay. And how do you handle it if you're on the receiving end of the silent treatment? And that's the tough part because I think sometimes what can happen is um, someone else's, you know, non-adaptive way of coping with the situation like the and they use the silent treatment could also trigger you Mm -hmm. and then you want to be very like reactive and so I think the the first thing is just to stay calm okay um so try not to I always say respond don't react Mm. um so like giving yourself space to say like all right I know I'm feeling this way about it like this was messed up what this person is doing but I'm not gonna fly off the handle because that's not gonna serve this like that won't problem solve this situation right and so then just you know thinking about establishing boundaries communicate and I think this is a big one um because a lot of times people who are using the solid treatment are hurt Mm-hmm. And so I think in the moment, if you're on the receiving end of that, communicate your desire to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Say like, you know, I understand you're upset. Like, I don't appreciate what you're doing right now. I want to solve this problem. Okay. And can we talk about this in, you know, tomorrow? Right. Um, and then just making a plan to follow up and, okay. and then actually following up, saying, circling back the next day saying, listen, like, what, what can we do to resolve this? if the person is still sort of saying like, no, I'm not talking to you and this is an extended thing that's happening, um, then you have to be very, um, you just have to be strong in supporting yourself and say like, okay, I need to now take space uh, for myself because this is no longer this momentary lapse. This is a bigger issue that needs to be addressed with this person on their own. Right. And is it, at what point, because I feel like yeah. before we get into the questions, is there ever a time for you to just say, you know, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm, I've circled back. Yeah. I've tried this person, you know, and I feel like the minute that you do that, then the person's like, okay, I'm ready to talk <laughs> now, you know? And you're yeah. just like, actually, no. Yeah. Yeah. Is there ever like a time where you're just like, it's okay to walk away? For sure. Um, and I okay. think, I, I don't think that there's any sort of concrete time frame. I think that differs from person yep. to person. And I think it also depends on the relationship, right? It depends on the right, context right. of the relationship. And so I think, you know, if this is an ongoing pattern, if it's something that you've, like, if you've been on the receiving end, you've tried to address responsibly and say, like, you've held your tongue, you've managed yourself and say, like, listen, I want to work through this. And this person is just not being responsive. And, and that's happening repeatedly. I think that that's a good time to say, like, I this I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want this for my life. So I need to move on. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to get into some listener questions. We have three. Yeah. Uh, first one says, I've given the silent treatment pretty much my whole life. It was easier than expressing my emotions. I don't argue. I leave. A few years ago, my ex checked me. During a disagreement, I ran through a list of his flaws and thought I had the best of him. Welp, he politely and unexpectedly read a few of mine back to me, and it didn't feel good. He prided himself on having enough courage to work things out with the people he loves, unlike me, who leaves anytime someone doesn't meet my expectations. Needless to say, I've been working on myself ever since. 
My question for you is, how do you find the courage to speak up about your emotions? Sometimes I'm counting to three. Other days I'm writing notes in my phone to rehearse. And there are times I convince myself it's not worth talking about so I can avoid the conversation. I'm really working on my heart, but it ain't easy. Thank you for the episode. So, Jarrell, mm. I, I, I thought about this. And so I will yeah. answer, tell you what I do. And then you yeah. and I can maybe talk about this. Sure. But um, I will tell you that it is difficult, you know, finding the courage to speak up about how you feel, especially mm-hmm. in situ- situations where um, you just never have been able to, like, you know, relationships with your parents. You know, mm-hmm. it may be easier to, to speak up to it may be easier to speak up to like internet strangers, you know, right. and then, then it is maybe like coworkers or, you know, then relationships, romantic relationships, mm-hmm. then f- family relationships. Like um, yeah. all of those different relationships have varying degrees of like, you know, courage. But I think in the ones where it's really difficult, we are afraid to speak up because we are attached to the response or reaction, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it was so difficult and it took me so much courage that if I tell you how I feel, like you better receive it in the most like loving, right. you know? And I think that for me, that was the first part of understanding that just because I got up my gusto to say how I feel doesn't mean that I'm going to get the desired reaction or response. Mm-hmm. Or any mm-hmm. at that point. So kind of putting myself in a space of I gotta do this for me, right? Yeah. I've gotta I gotta get this off my chest and I've got to practice using my words. So this is less yeah. about them and this is more about me um figuring this out. And I also think that it's just like anything, it's like a muscle. The more mm-hmm. you use it and do it, the better you get at it, you know? And mm-hmm. so um I do think it's a good idea to write notes in the phone. I've got notes in my phone right now. (laughs) I'm telling you that like I was laying in bed and it was like, I'm struggling with the fact that, you know, I've been in this like, um, in this holding pattern with this, with the silent treatment with a family member for almost a year. Mm -hmm. And I have not been able to articulate why I'm mad. And I know that every time I say something, like I try to, you know, talk to people about it, like, you know, I'm mad about this and this, and it's like, that's not really it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it finally hit me. This is why, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it's my notes, the notes that I wrote in my phone is like 2 AM. And the note that I have is that your behavior um, is a source of trauma for me. Right. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't really f- articulate that. It's like, that's it. You know, over the years, this has caused trauma and this pain point has made it difficult for me to enter relationships with Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z sort of like, like, okay, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to put it together. And so it's okay if you, you write the notes, it's okay if you rehearse. And sometimes I think it's okay if you don't feel like you can say it because I've had these moments too. Okay. I've had moments where I could not physically break up with somebody. I mm-hmm. knew I needed to break up, but I could not get it out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I got to go resort to the next best mm-hmm. thing, which I think some people think is wrong, but I got a text mm-hmm. message, right? I've got to just text, email, say it. And I think sometimes yeah. emailing is a little, it's hard to, if you, it's hard to determine tone in yeah. email, but I also think that sometimes email kind of gives you some time to respond, yes. yeah. gives you some time to think about things and kind of keeps it, keeps the, the dialogue from catching fire too soon. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think that like, you don't always have to, um, I mean, I think there are some ways that you can do it, but you don't always have to like, you know, call the person or meet the person and have like your, your, you know, I think start where you are with what you have and kind of build from there. But what do you think, you know, how do people find the courage to speak up about their emotions? I I mean, I think you said like a lot of great things just in your response. Mm -hmm. And um, I agree with, you know, most, if not all of what you said, I think ideally you would be able to get to a point where you can say to someone who means something to you, um, you could in face-to-face communicate that. I mm-hmm. always, I, I will always think that's better, <laughs> right? Okay. Right. Yep. Like that's a me thing. And I think that it's always, because I also think it, it does speak to um, developing courage. Like if okay. you're, you know, if you're able to not saying that the other person is a monster, but if you're able to face that fear and that monster in the face, then mm-hmm. that's when you know, like you've arrived, right? Okay. That's when you know that yeah. there's no turning back. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, yep. So I always sort of like, want to help people move towards that. Um, that, But uh, I think your point about like doing also like starting where you are is a one. Like, I think that's perfect because, you know, if that means you're writing notes um, or you're, you have to send a text because you can't do it in person yet. That's okay. Like keep do, do what works for you. Um, Send an email. And I think the thing that's so important about, that kind of communication is, as you said, it gives a little bit more space, which sometimes mm-hmm. can be really helpful with the emotional volatility of something, right? You right. can scale right. back, you can wait to respond, that person can wait to respond, they can think about their words more intentionally, as opposed to just like spewing out whatever is their first reaction, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's res- you can respond as opposed to just react. Um, right. So I think that I think that that's good. I also recommend in terms of developing the courage, like one, okay. it sounds silly out of context, but it actually really okay. does help is that mm-hmm. I, I tell people all the time that it is about practice. And so you can even practice it outside of the, the context that you're asking about. So okay. if you're not an assertive person or you don't feel the courage or the confidence to do that in that situation, then think about really smaller situations that you can sort of challenge yourself to be honest. So something Mm. as simple as like someone, you know, you're with a friend and they say like, oh, I'd like to go here for dinner, right? And Mm -hmm. whether you, let's say, whether you really care about where you go to dinner or not, sometimes it might be Mm -hmm. helpful to say like, actually, I don't really want to go there. Let's go somewhere else. Mm. Because what you're doing in that moment is you're holding space for your anxiety, waiting for their reaction, Right. Mm. And so you're practicing sitting with that feeling. Um, And so the more that you practice sitting with that feeling, then it's going to prepare you to have more courage and say like, okay, well, these nine times I did this similar sort of thing, it turned out okay. I was okay at the end. So maybe this 10th time that's a bit more challenging, it's, you know, with a family member, I have to say you hurt me, then I feel like I have some, uh, some history of being successful with this. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It does. But I could, because I like when you yeah. said, you know, practice like sitting with that emotion of like, okay, yeah. le- what are they going to say? You know, how are they going to respond? Yep. 
Um, and so I think I do, I mean, obviously you've got, you've got the tips and tricks. Um, but (laughs) I do realize that it is difficult. It is really hard a lot of times to say how you feel. I, as you were talking, I was thinking about something else that I have gotten that I have started to do. And I've done over the years that really works is trying to catch it in the moment Mm -hmm. right because I a lot of times we'll do and say something and we know like maybe a couple minutes after we said it like that was too far Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like you took it too far or that wasn't true or you realize that you were acting from a hurt space that really didn't even have anything to do with the person and I feel like the best thing that you can do in that moment is just to to say that, apologize. Even if the person's mad, you at least have gotten that out. And yeah. it's like, you know what? This wasn't even about you. Right. You know, I'm 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 simply reacting from a hurt space. I'm because, you know, I'm so used to people letting me down or, you know, yeah. because the last several people that I dated did this. Mm-hmm. I'm now assuming that you're going to do that and that's not fair to you yeah. and I would like to apologize and I'm it's that will disarm somebody in a second like what yeah. right you know it's like but if you if you realize it just just grow up and say it you know yeah. and that is even um I feel like that helps that helps to catch it before now it's been one week and y'all haven't spoken. Everybody's checking yep. their phones to see who's going to speak first. And it's mm-hmm. just like, just say that. And then that way, if they're, that person does put some distance and they're not speaking to you, you feel like you at least, you said something, yeah. you said your piece. You're not, you know, like, oh man, I didn't even get a chance to, to say something. Yeah. I think that's a great so, point. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to keep going. Okay. So next question was, um, hi, my leak. Uh, she said, thank you for all you do for us. You're so welcome. I can go on and on about how you've impacted my life. I appreciate that. Now the silent treatment, ah, for so long, I would use it as a punishment tool, but lately I've been using it to distance myself from people I no longer care to interact with because communicating with them isn't healthy. My question is when is the silent treatment? Okay. If ever. Hmm. I'm going to ask you, we kind of talked about it, but I'm going to let you kind of to package this for us. Yeah. Um, So I generally say that the silent treatment is not a good way to handle conflict. Um, Okay. So I wouldn't advise anyone to employ it. Obviously you heard I've employed it before. Um, (laughs) There -hmm. are times even now that I know better that I don't do better. Um, (laughs) Right. So like, that's just part of our experience. I, I don't think that, um, that should be the goal, though. Um, I think that um, the difference between, you know, the silent treatment and setting boundaries is kind of, I don't know, curvy okay. um, and and dotted. And so I think if you are, I say this, like, if you are sure that you are ending a relationship okay, and um, that that's no longer something that you want to invest in, Sometimes I think it's okay to give, and I think it's preferable to give someone a heads up so you're not the one ghosting. And this is why I think silent treatment is different from boundaries, right? Because you're intentionally setting a boundary by saying like, listen, like things between us haven't been good for a while. Like every time I talk to you, I end up feeling a certain way and I don't think that's healthy. So I think it's best we don't talk anymore. 
Okay. Uh, like once you're doing that, that's you're not employing the silent treatment because okay. you're setting a boundary and you're asking this person to hold to that boundary. Um, the silent treatment is just ghosting. It's like I'm going away. Um, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm not setting a boundary because what that then does, it's actually obviously we talked about how it's harmful to the person on the receiving end, but it's also harmful to you. Because right. then you have, then you're holding on to this stuff that you haven't addressed and you haven't problem solved around. Um, okay. And so then you're carrying that like, oh, like I, man, I really wish I would have said, you know, this, or I wish I would have been able to tell this person that this is how I felt. Like you will carry that with you and it's unnecessary to carry that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that that's, that's one way it can hurt you. And the other way that it can hurt you Um, by not expressing your boundaries is so this person or persons that you are deciding to not be connected to anymore can always come back. Right. They can come back and be like, Hey, what's up? And then you're like, are you kidding? (laughs) Right. Like, why are you talking to me? And they're like, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And so then you're just like, then you scratch the the wound, you opened up the scab again, and then you have to deal with it all over again. Right. Right. So I appreciate you. That's a good, that that is all good and just saying like it is best to kind of like say that i'm employing some boundaries and this just doesn't work for me anymore yeah the end um yeah okay and then our final question um she is saying she says she wants to say that she appreciates everything i do for women in the black community you're really helping us get a leg up in multiple playing fields i really appreciate that those comments they they always make me feel warm and fuzzy when i'm you know like racing to record some of these Mm -hmm. things um like i really wanted to get this done Mm -hmm. um so she says she's going to try to make it brief but i have a long history with this man so i want to convey the emotions but also not be biased um i am 28 years old and dated this guy officially from the ages of 21 to 23 um we ultimately broke up because we were trying to play house at a young age coupled with some gaslighting from him and jarell can you just do you can you define gaslighting for us before I continue? Yeah, so gaslighting is basically what happens when someone um, sort of like causes you pain and then tells you that they didn't do that or that you're not in pain. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, in a nutshell, right? Okay. <laughs> right, we we yes. know that person. Yes. We know right. Um, and adding in some, so she says, coupled with some gaslighting from him and some temper issues from me. Well, at least once a year, we come back into each other's lives. For him, it is usually after a breakup, I assume, because he has dated multiple women since we, since me publicly, and I have privately only dated one or two. This is because I was heartbroken after our breakup and have been very open about my desire to work things out and get back together. When we do start talking again and being quote unquote friends, I end up going too fast emotions wise and scaring him off. This leads to the silent treatment from him, which leads me to having an emotional outburst because I hate being ignored. He would always tell me that I am just too much to handle and then I just fall back because this is my second biggest emotional trigger, second to being ignored. Fast forward to this year, I am in a much better place. I have done a lot of self-healing through reading, writing, my girlfriend's meditation, mindfulness, you, and ultimately just finding myself, loving myself, and being more secure. He, of course, enters back into my life after a breakup, apologizing for how he treated me, which is a first. Our, our last falling out was very messy and I really told him about some of his less than admirable qualities. So slowly but surely, we 
we become friends and fall back into our old habits, but this time it's different. We are both making an effort and I attribute a lot of it to the work I've done with myself over the year and kind of assume that he has grown too. After a few visits from each of us and a couple of dates, I ask where this is going so I can know the next move I should make in my life. I know I shouldn't base the moves I make off a man. He's like, oh, yes, you know this. You know what I'm going to say. But I got some more to say. I was like, I I picked this letter because I'm like, I need Jarrell to help bring me back. Because I'm like, girl, have have I really been here for you? Um, And so, however, I've learned to be very transparent in hopes for honesty and transparency in a transparent response in return. I basically tell him, I don't want to date anyone else. If we have a future, he clams up. I tell him it's cool, but uncomfortable convos need to be had. I let him off the hook and tell him to think about it and get back to me. He doesn't get back to me on it. After the visit, we continue to be on good terms and talk about other things, but he is going on about our convos like he isn't going to bring it up to me or give me an answer. It's been two weeks. Eventually, I can't take the waiting any longer, and I just tell him not to worry about it. I'm not worried about Mm -hmm. being in a relationship, but you are. Um, He doesn't respond. A week later, he hits me with small talk. I hate being ignored, so I don't ignore other people. Uh, So I respond being short. And I I want to talk about that, too, about like just because that that sentence, I'm going to just highlight this so I can circle back to that because that's not, you know. Um, and this goes on until I'm not really mad anymore. And once again, desiring to further our relationship, we keep things on a friendship level until flirting starts back up. I send him the love language quiz because I've always talked about it with him and I wanted him to take it. He doesn't respond a week later. He texts me with small talk again. I'm extra short and make an effort to stop texting him before he stops texting me. So I'm not in a vulnerable position again. Mm -hmm. I know so many people who deal with this and I have too, which is why I'm continuing Between these times of being ignored and the silent treatment, I go through great emotional turmoil. This includes overthinking, crying, stressing, anxious thoughts and insecurities. I always mourn the loss of the relationship and overcome because, like I said, I'm in a different mental space and I don't want to invest or put energy into something that is not matching mine. But I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to have to keep healing myself after each silent treatment and then put myself in a position for it to happen again because I know that if I bring this issue up to him, he may clam up if we are face-to-face or ignore me as if it's through text. Ultimately, I would like yours and the therapist's opinion of this situation. Why does he choose to ignore instead of just being upfront and honest about his feelings? I've told him multiple times that I'd rather my feelings be hurt than be waiting and confused. Is he doing this because I'm letting him? Does he really know how he how it feels? We have history. I really do love him, but I love me more. I really just need some expert advice on how to move forward and or how to handle being the recipient of the silent treatment. Um, okay, I'm gonna let you. Mm-hmm. This is like, <laughs> okay, you know, yeah. I will say I'm 39 years old now, but this is a 20, this is definitely a 25, 26, 27 mm-hmm. 28 year old my leak letter yeah um i have there are people that i went i mean there are people that i went years doing this kind of stuff with yeah you know and even when you said you sent the love language switch i was like girl you are so my leak like you are so <laughs> my leak circa 20 right. you know circa 2000 so circa 2004 like okay let me do this yeah. you know like maybe maybe i'm just we're not speaking the same love language mm-hmm. you know and it's like now that I am a bit more mature and I have experience and I've had therapy, it's like, 
he is he is telling you loud and clear yeah. where he stands. Yeah. You know, I always say, um, not you know, not the silent treatment is a form of communication. Yes. Not communicating is a form of communication, yeah. and he's no, you know, he knows how he is not um, unable right. to speak because he knows how to get what he wants when he wants right. it. But then I and another, you know, I hate when women say that. I scared him off. It's like, you know mm-hmm. what? So like, uh-uh, this is, a, yeah. we, we're, you know, you, yep. you're grown up. And if you, if you, if you asking some simple questions, scare him off, let him stay scared and <laughs> yeah. be gone. Um, yeah. Please. You know, I don't think it's unreasonable to say to someone that you've been knowing for years okay this is not somebody that you just met on tinder two weeks ago this is somebody that you've been going in circles for years to say okay we've been doing this for nearly a decade yeah you know what's up right and if that scares them then you're not too much i hate when people Mm -hmm. do that they allow these guys to make them feel like asking a basic question makes you too much you're not too much you know or purposely doing this to you so that you are questioning yourself. Yeah. And it's like, why is he doing this? It's like, because he's immature because he probably, because he's not ready to settle down Mm -hmm. because he, you know, I don't know. Like sometimes me and my girlfriends in my youth, we used to come up with this thing where we would be like, you know, maybe because, you know, I got my ish together, girl, he's just not ready, you know? And you know, Mm -hmm. a guy when he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't have his job right and he's not where he needs to be, you know, or I'm too intimidating. And I don't, I don't even care about any of that anymore. Whatever it is, um, I am going to release the situation so I can go. There is somebody out there that you don't have to go through this with. There is somebody out there who wants you so bad that they would never, ever put you in a position to have you writing me and talking to me mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. That's how much they love and care about you. And that's the person that you need to find. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. this is just me. This is me. <laughs> this is not non-professional. This is just my leak. You your girlfriend in. over a glass of wine, and I'm like, girl, we can. This is now. I'm ready to order a second glass because now <laughs> right. I, I now got more to say. Now you're stressed, <laughs> and you need to like calm back down. Yeah, yeah. yeah now I'm fired <laughs> up, but I'm gonna let you. Uh, I'm gonna let you tackle this a little bit, Drell. Yeah, I. I mean, I think a lot of what you said is true, right? Um, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. first. You're not friends. You never were friends. That's what Mm, I would say. mm. And I think that that's, I say that because it's really important for people to realize is that like, sometimes you can be friends with an ex. This is not that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times we want to convince ourselves that like, oh, we can be friends when we're not ready to be that. And we're not, we haven't moved on from this person occupying a certain space in our life. Right. And so this person for your writer has, you know, occupied a certain space and a role for a long time. And so, and and that was never a friend. So I just want to put that out there to say that like, this is important in terms of thinking about the boundaries of the situation. Um, Right. Right. And yeah. see, here, here, this is me. I'm like, I'm all fired up. And you came through and was like, he's not your friend. <laughs> Let's start yeah. there. You, you are not, not you friends. are not friends. No. Okay. okay. Yeah, you're not friends. And, and so uh, there was, I think this is best summed up by uh, 
recently on, I think her Insta stories, Jada Pinkett Smith said, said, Mm -hmm. you know, you can love someone, but sometimes you need to love them from over there. And so in thinking about this situation, I think, you know, as you said, it's very clear that this guy is not ready. It doesn't matter what the reason is. He's not ready. And until Mm -hmm. he does some very serious internal work, he's not going to be ready. And that work cannot be done by Mm -hmm. anyone else. And, and so, you know, it's, and it's very clear that the, the negative impact of this back and forth is pretty strong. And like, you deserve better than that. You do. We all, we all deserve better than that. And, and so I think this is a good opportunity to say like, these, I need to put up boundaries for me because I'm submitting myself to something that's causing me pain. And so I thought that that question of like, is he doing this because I let him? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. He's yep. doing it because he knows he can and he's getting a certain response. And so he will, this will, this could continue forever. <laughs> if right. no one changes, this can continue forever. And so right. what I would encourage this person to think about is say like, all right, if this is something that's causing me pain, then I need to change something about this situation. I need to establish a boundary. I need mm-hmm. to actually grieve the end of this relationship um, and take care of myself as opposed to continuing to invest in someone who's not pouring into me. Right. There it is. Yeah. Okay. It's tough because a lot of I think a lot of people do find themselves in this kind of situation, yes. like you said. That's what I, it's really really common. It's, yeah. It is, and it's maybe, and, and it's not even just a. I know it's not necessarily an age thing, but like I I, I brought mm-hmm. up my age because I'm like I was in the when I was her age, I was doing this. This was me. Yeah. This was yeah. me, and I probably would still be doing it had I not just gone to therapy because, you know what kind of led me to therapy as it related to relationships. So I had my family stuff and then I had this, like I said to myself, how is it possible that (laughs) just about everything I put my mind to, I accomplish and Mm -hmm. not, and not well, but very well. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I exceed at everything I do, but when it comes to relationships, I'm, I'm, I'm her. Mm-hmm. This is how I'm sitting here. I'm like, well, maybe I need to send in the quiz. Maybe I yeah. need to do this. I'm trying to overachieve. And it's like, I'm, I know I'm a good person. Yeah. I know I'm not what's wrong with me. Yeah. And I kind of went to therapy almost in a, a what's wrong with me yeah. space. And that's what really is the reason why I wanted to read this is that like, there's, there's nothing wrong with right. you for starters. There's right. nothing wrong with you. And I feel like sometimes when, relationships kind of go down like this that's how you're left feeling yeah. and then you you and then you take that into the next thing and the next thing mm-hmm. and you feel like you feel like oh my god maybe I do need to go back to that thing because it's happening again and again and again right yeah. like maybe I need to go back to him because even in my new stuff it's it's the same things happening mm-hmm. but ding 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 what I realized was that my the relationship that that core relationship with the person that I kept going back to was sort of like representative of the trauma that I had experienced as a child. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to change my past through this. And so the pattern really wasn't connected to this guy or this relationship. The pattern was connected to my past. Yeah. And once I kind of healed that part of my past, I started approaching relationships like this. 
things sometimes just don't work out, yeah. right? And something not working out, like this relationship with this guy is not working out. And it doesn't mean that either party is bad. Right. You know, he's not a bad person. You're not a bad person. Mm -hmm. It's just not working, you know? Yeah. And so um, I'll never forget when I was like super young and in my party era, mm -hmm. um, I remember meeting this guy at this party and talking about the fact that I had just like broken up and I just didn't think that I would ever like be able to be in a relationship again. Drum, dramatic. Mm -hmm. I was, that's what I said. Your, your girl was yeah. going there. And this guy, this guy, this guy said to me and I never forgot it. He was like, so let's just say you go into a shoe store and you there's this pair of shoes that you just absolutely have to have and i'm like oh my god i've been in that situation and you mm -hmm. ask them for your size and they and they don't have it mm -hmm. do you stop wearing shoes it's just like <laughs> you know so are I you never that. gonna wear shoes again yeah and he was just like you it just it's not your they don't have your size you move on yeah right so it's like even though this relationship is like that that bad pair of Balenciagas, mm -hmm. you, you have to move on and find something else. It just, it's not working. It's not, and it's not fair to you or your job mm -hmm. to spin your wheels like this, yeah. trying to this guy out. He, this, he is not worth your time. Yeah. He's not, you know, and it's not your fault. And even though I don't care, even if you did some crappy stuff yeah. in that relationship, you know, said some inappropriate things, right. it's fine. Yeah. You were, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Move on, move on. And so, um, I know that there are a lot of people who are feeling like this and I know that it's easier said than sure. done, you know, because it, it can take years to kind of heal past this sort of thing. But I just hope that you understand that there's nothing wrong with you. It's okay if you walk away. You don't have to feel bad for this person. Yeah. You don't wanting to have a healthy, happy relationship doesn't make you yeah. too much. A hundred percent. And saying that to a guy, I would like to be married. I would like to be a mother. That's what, that's what, those are goals in relationships. That doesn't make right. you too much. Um, I just hope that you know that. Yeah. And so we are approaching our hour. I am going to tell you, um, I'm going to let, you know, Jarrell uh, hook us up at the end, but special treat alert. Jarrell created a tips to breakthrough silent treatment guide that will be available to my listeners at the link viva wellness blog.com backslash my leak. And you guys spell my name. M Y L E I K. Don't misspell <laughs> it. That's what it is. Um, that's going to be awesome for you. So if you enjoy this podcast and you kind of just need something to help you work through some things, yeah. regardless of which side you're on, vivawellnessblog.com backslash my leak. Um, I want you to also check out Jarrell's new venture, Viva Wellness um, at Viva Wellness NYC. And there are Viva Wellness NYC on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And then Jarrell, do you have any closing words for us? Yeah, I would just say, you know, I think if you if you want to download that handout, um, I think it'd be really helpful. It has some questions to ask um, yourself if you are someone who uses the silent treatment to help you, you know, identify this in yourself, figure out some new ways to work through it. Um, if you are on the receiving end of the silent treatment, it covers some of what we talked about today in terms of like ways to handle the situation and to keep mm -hmm. moving forward. And so, you know, I think you know, it'd be a really helpful download. Happy to offer that to the listeners. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. 
Awesome. I thank you so much for always taking my call, for making time to hop on the phone with me um, with all my crazy requests. Um, If you guys have any more questions, um, you can always contact me at mytaughtyou at gmail.com. Thank you for always listening. If you have any, um, if you want to take this conversation uh, further, tweet us. Um, we are on Twitter. You tweet me. I'll add Jarrell onto it. We can maybe talk about it over Twitter yeah. a little bit, but tweet me at my leak. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Um, I'd love to hear about where you've stood on the issue. So um, hit me up on Instagram, hit me up on Twitter um, or drop a line in my inbox. Thank you so much. You guys have a good one.